You're listening to the Sportsman's Empire Podcast Network brought to you by Full Sneak Gear. Check out their entire lineup at fullsneakgear.com. Also be sure to check out our entire stable of podcasts at sportsmansempire.com. Interstate Batteries offers a wide variety of batteries for your everyday needs. Stop into one of their thousands of retail locations and talk with a battery specialist about batteries for your truck, trail cameras, and even those weird batteries for your rangefinder. Interstate Batteries even offers cell phone repair in certain locations. For more information, visit interstatebatteries.com. Interstate Batteries, outrageously dependable. Go Wild is a free social community created for and by hunters. This means that unlike mainstream social media, your trophy pictures won't be censored. They're encouraged. As you spend time on Go Wild, you will earn awesome rewards such as gift cards, free swag, and big discounts on brands like Garmin and Vortex. You will even earn $10 just for signing up. Visit DownloadGoWild.com and sign up today. New from Moultrie Mobile, the Feed Hub offers first-of-its-kind cellular connection and control for nearly any spin-cast feeder on the market. When used with the Moultrie Mobile app, you can monitor feed and battery levels, run feeders on demand, receive alerts when feeders are clogged, and remotely adjust feeding times. The Feed Hub is ideal for anyone who maintains feeders. Remove the guesswork and save time by planning feeder maintenance before you drive to your hunting property. For more information, visit MoultrieMobile.com. What's up, everybody? Welcome back to the Michigan Wild Podcast, and I'm your host, Marcus Ewing. Today on the podcast, I have with me Nate Hicks, and Nate is one of the founders of Painted Arrow Outdoors. And what Painted Arrow is, um, it's a, I would call it an outdoor hunting or outdoor hunting, a hunting accessory brand. And they uh, currently have a few different products, uh, but one that they're kind of really making a name for themselves with is the Mag Pro. And I'm not going to try to go in and explain it a ton. Um, Nate certainly does a much better job of doing that throughout the uh, course of the conversation. You guys can also check them out uh, online and at a lot of different uh, retailers as well to, to get your hands on one. Um, but, you know, aside from that, Nate and I really just get to have um, an awesome all-around conversation. We get to talk about his upbringing in the outdoors, what that looked like, um, you know, what his grandfather meant to him as, as a mentor, not only um, in hunting and in life. Um, and one of the things that, that I really enjoyed about the conversation was Nate and I, um, the more we start talking, the more we realize we just have a ton of similarities um, in terms of how we were raised, our path into the outdoors, and kind of what our journey has looked like um, really since kind of a, an early age. Um, so it's always cool when you, you get a chance to really connect with someone um, about their story and really kind of feel like you have a, a real true understanding uh, of what uh, they've kind of gone through. You know, not only that, Nate and I, we also kind of talk about, obviously, this is, um, you know, the 3rd of October. So we are, you know, three days into archery season here in Michigan. So we talk about, you know, where he's living, um, in Michigan here and how he's the, the home and the property that he bought, uh, how it's given him an opportunity to not only really, um, get a much better understanding, uh, for whitetail having, you know, his own property and being able to study it a whole lot more, but also he's very close to Ohio. So he can, you know, pop down and, and hunt some public land there. And it really kind of allows him to, to maximize, um, his hunting from a, a geographical standpoint. So again, really awesome episode with Nate. Um, if you guys haven't, be sure and check out uh, Painted Air Outdoors. Um, their Mag Pro is is a super cool um, accessory for your bow and one that I think is, um, it offers a lot of different um, uses while you're in the field or, or purposes that you can use it for in the field. So episode six, Nate Hicks, Painted Air Outdoors. Enjoy guys. Nate Hicks, welcome to the show, man. How's it going? Hey, thank you for having me. I'm I'm pretty excited to chat with you today. Yeah, no, no, no. I'm uh I'm glad to have you on. I've uh I think I first came across 
um, yourself and, and Painted Arrow uh, maybe a few years ago. Um, and then obviously we got the chance to meet uh, at the TAC event uh, in Michigan here over the summer and at least uh, put a name with a face. So when I reached out uh, to get on this podcast, hopefully it wasn't uh, completely out of the blue for you. No, dude, we, uh, Michigan TAC event, that was, uh, it was a really good time and I'm super glad that you came by and we actually did a podcast right at the booth. Um, I can't remember what month that was now, but it was was still warm. Yeah. June, maybe (laughs) July, something like somewhere, somewhere in that time frame, sometime this summer. Yeah, that was awesome. And, uh, yeah, it was, it was awesome to get to meet you there. Yeah, no. And, um, we already kind of talked about this, but I saw you were, kicking your season off a few days uh early uh down in ohio how did that uh turn out for you yeah so i i recently bought a house a couple couple of years ago and it was it was an old farmhouse and had some land and i specifically wanted to be in this southern michigan area just because it was so close to like ohio and it's not too far of a drive from indiana and so i i've been um for the last couple of years scouting quite a bit um, just, you know, when I say scouting, just walking around like in my free time on, on public land. And I, I hunted Ohio last year too. And, um, that actually went, so that have been, yeah, two days ago it was my first, first ever hunt of 2022. And I, I felt a little rusty to be honest with you, but, <laughs> um, it was actually, um, I went to a spot that I, you know, had some, some history with, and, um, it was like kind of on a, a crick a creek bottom and I, I went in there and I, I wasn't pushing in too far or doing anything super aggressive. And I didn't, you know, I haven't traditionally run cameras in that area. So I didn't even really know it was in the area, but, um, I had a, I had a, what was it, a four point come through and right underneath the stand and, um, in the saddle. And it was just, it was just good to see deer moving on their feet. And it was good to have a bow in my hand and be up in the tree. And so I, I would say it was a success. I saw deer and, it was it was fun. I really enjoyed it. So I plan on I plan on hunting a lot more down there this this fall for sure. Yeah, I mean that that first hunt of the year. Um, I don't even want to say like shake the cobwebs out or, or get the jitters out of the way, but there's something about that uh, optimistic feeling that you have, right? When you when you get out there, you climb up there, especially you know in in, in your case here where um, it's you know not foreign soil so to speak but it's um it's one that you're you're still getting to know and it's you know obviously out of state even though it's it's very close by but just to uh just to climb up there and just be back in the woods i mean it's uh that first day whenever you climb back up into that tree for the first time of the year it's always uh it's always a really good day yeah a hundred percent and I don't know. It was just a beautiful, I mean, the the day was beautiful too. I mean, there was a good breeze and it was like, it wasn't freezing cold or anything. So yeah, I mean, I I loved it, man. I I do think it's really important too, to, to have those places. Like if, if you're a a private land hunter primarily in the Midwest, I I just think it's super important to have a couple of places as like a backup. If you're, you know, burning out your main spots or whatever, just going for walks in the woods sometimes can lead to really good hunting spots and, I'm kind of hoping that's uh, that's what I'm going to find down in Ohio for me. So yeah, and and not only that, the you know kind of having the the contingency plan like you just mentioned, but also you know if you're primarily hunting private land, you know you get you get used to not having anyone around. You I don't want to say people get sloppy, but you take things for granted a little bit, right? As opposed to if you're if you're getting out on public. So I think you know switching it up like that keeps you sharp, um, hones your skills a little bit more too. I think it's a there's a lot of added benefits to, to hunting both, uh, throughout the course of a season, if you have that opportunity. Oh yeah. I, I, I mean, I could not agree more, could not agree more with what you just said. So Nate, before we, we get into your company, Painted Arrow Outdoors, tell me a bit about yourself. How did you kind of get into hunting, get started? I mean, what did, what did that kind of journey look like for you? Yeah, for sure. So, um, I think everybody kind of has a guy or a gal that really gets, gets them into, you know, hunting. It's not typically something that people are doing that you just kind of figure out. Um, for me, you know, my grandfather, my grandpa Hicks, he was, uh, he was definitely the guy for me. Um, he is no longer around. He, He died in 2016, 
but he was just a really old school time, you know, kind of guy. Uh, my dad, uh, grew up, um, like 40 acres, um, and kind of mid Michigan. And we would go out, we had, we had some permission farms back when it wasn't even like, uh, you know, now today you see all these leases and it's like a really big deal to have a permission farm. Like it was just some of our neighbors in that area that, you know, kind of let us go hunting. And, um, yeah, he got me into hunting for sure. We, I think I shot my first deer when I was like 12 or 13, shot a little button buck. I remember it like it was yesterday and my grandpa helped me gut it out and, you know, all those good, good stories and feelings that come back just, just thinking about it. But, um, yeah, he, he is a, is a really big impact in who I am today. Um, I've actually kind of followed his specific footsteps and in, in a couple of different ways, just from the aspect of, you know, he bought some ground and, you know, old farmhouse and fixed it up. And I recently am kind of doing the same thing. I just, a couple of years ago, I lived to, I, I bought a place and, um, has some land and it's just an old junky house and I rebuilt it. So lots of people, lots of people joke that I'm, I'm following the footsteps of, of grandpa Hicks, but <laughs> <laughs> hey, um, that that's never a bad thing, man. When following in the footsteps of whether it's, I mean, your dad, your grandpa, how your mother, your grandmother, I mean, there's, there's a reason that we're drawn to them. You know, there's a reason that we, we find, um, I guess kind of comfort in that way of life, right? Like that's, that's how you grew up. That's what you know. That's where all those good memories come from. So it's, to me, it's only natural that when you get to that, that point in your life, you know, as an adult and, you know, you're, you're in the workforce and you're doing all these things and you buy your first, you know, home with property and all that. It's, it's kind of hard not to go back to what you know. And I think that, you know, not only with, in your particular case with, you know, buying, buying a home and land and fixing it up and things like that, but you know, the hunting and the way that was a part of your grandpa's life, the way it's now part of your life. Um, I, I, I think those stories are just awesome. No, dude. I mean, you, I mean, you said it, Me, he, he specifically, my grandfather, I mean, when you talk about coming from humble beginnings, like my grandpa grew up, I mean, this is, and this is not that long ago. We're talking two generations ago. And my grandpa grew up in like a dirt floor shack. I mean, in mid Michigan on a, on a, on a, on a piece of property that his family didn't even own. He had literally grew up in a, in a dirt floor shack. And I just feel like, you know, not to get sentimental here, but just, just to look, look back at, uh, you know, where I'm, where I am today and looking two generations ago where my family came from, it's just super humbling. You know what I mean? And like, you know, getting back to the main question here, like, how did you get into hunting? Like, I think about him a lot when I, when I'm in the woods and when I'm, when I'm doing things that, you know, he originally taught me. And so, yeah, hunt, hunting's a, it's a really special thing. I know it's special for everybody, but for me, it's just really, it makes me feel like I'm at home and it makes me feel like, you know, that's the only way to, that I really know how to do it. And, um, yeah, man, Nate, you're getting me in my feels today, man. And I love it. No, this is <laughs> like, especially because this episode is going to drop the, um, the Monday after opening day here. So I feel like a lot of people who are listening coming out of the woods after the weekend, maybe they were successful, maybe they weren't, maybe they just, you know, maybe they didn't get out at all. Maybe, you know, they can't get out until the following weekend or whatever the case is. But I think it's it's things like that that kind of get people motivated. They, it, it keeps them charged up and keeps them excited um, for that hunt, right? Because, you know, everyone wants to feel something. And I think that, especially when it comes to hunting, you know, the, the origin story, you know, the, the, your mentor, whoever that may be, those, those are the kinds of things that get you pumped up before you head out into the woods. Yeah. A hundred percent, man. We were doing a, um, my partner and I were doing a podcast for our podcast, um, this morning. And we were kind of talking about that, like, you know, as we kind of closed out, we were just talking about like, same thing, this, that episode's going to launch. What, what's some of the last words, you know, like I, I was just saying as my closing thoughts, like, Hey, I mean, enjoy and enjoy the, the hunt on, on what day, Saturday, opening day, October 1st, just really enjoy and remember why you're doing what you're doing. You know, we can get caught up in, you know, the, the social media and the, and the, and the big bucks and, and this, that, and the other, but at the end of the day, I mean, hunting's a very simple task and it's a, you got to remember why you're doing it. And I think that's important. Yeah. That why, that why is, is key and it's different for everyone, but you know, the ones that, uh, have been doing it long enough for that really enjoyed. I think, um, 
the why is pretty similar for for those folks that are out there. So yeah. as you got into hunting, you know, at a young age, and it was kind of always a part of your life. Was there ever a point in there where maybe it was, you know, through high school, if you if you got into sports real heavy and you just didn't have the time, or, or even into college or anything like that, or have you been fortunate enough to to stay pretty consistent at it throughout the, the course of your life? Dude, you're that's a great great question for me. Um, so I, sports was a huge part of my life growing up. I was a three sport athlete in high school, football, basketball, baseball. And then I actually played, um, uh, basketball and tennis in college. And, um, to, to answer your question, like I did, I mean, basketball is a winter sport. And when you're playing at a collegiate level, I mean, you really have to be on campus to practice. I mean, every day, <laughs> you yeah, know, there's no around. getting out of, yeah, you, you're not getting out of a winter sport and being at practice. And, um, we did have a winter break, but even then we were practicing. I think we only got like three or four days off for like the Christmas break. So, um, I honestly rekindled a love for hunting more so towards the end of college. Um, it's not to say that I ever lost it. I mean, I, I, I never miss, you know, an opportunity to go bow hunting or to uh, go on opening day in Michigan, November 15th. But, um, no, I would definitely say that I definitely got out of touch. You know, um, I didn't really pick up bow hunting to the, to the point where I'm at now. I, I would say in the last five years, I've really, I mean, ramped it up. Like I'm, I'm a bow hunting fool. Like I, that's what I live for. <laughs> I mean, that's, that's, that's life. I mean, I, it's hard for me to relate to people who don't understand bow hunting and what it, what it really is. And, um, it's just so it's poorly portrayed in our society, which is a shame, but, um, no, I mean, to answer, this is a long way to answer your question, but the last five years I've, I've gone, I've gone all out. I mean, that's, that's basically, I I almost approach hunting season as I would like a basketball game. And that's, that's the easiest way for me to put it is that is my new, it's like a year round thing I'm preparing for. I'm, I'm practicing. I'm, I'm physically putting myself through things to, to get in shape and um yeah i i take it a lot more seriously post-college yeah it's funny um you know with with this podcast and i have my other podcasts as well but the similarities that i find with people that i talk to because i'm like the story that you just told is almost verbatim for the way mine is a three-sport athlete in high school played football in college so like my fall my, it was spoken for, for a good portion of, of my life. Now, thankfully in high school, you know, games are on Fridays, it still leaves you, you know, time on the weekend to potentially get out and hunt. But, you know, at that point, man, I was so gassed from like a game Friday night or just, you know, a game and then maybe get together with the boys or something like that after, and, you know, getting up Saturday morning, it was like, nah, that's, that's not happening. Right. Kind of thing. <laughs> and yeah. so it's uh it's cool when you come across someone who had a, a very similar experience and, and while I, I grew up hunting, I grew up in the outdoors, there was that, there was certainly a, a period in there where, um, it wasn't as high of a priority, uh, as it certainly has become in, in my adult life. Do you, did you find yourself, um, kind of in the, you know, during your football season, even when you were just completely at college, did you ever find yourself just in the fall, like something like just didn't feel like you couldn't even put a finger on it exactly, but just some didn't feel right. And then you almost kind of rekindled that love after, after, you know, school was over. Yeah. And I think what helped me was that, you know, my dad was to me what your grandpa was to you. Right. And he, you know, he was fortunate enough. I mean, him and my mom came to all my games, regardless if it was out of state or not. But, you know, he was fortunate that he could, you know, he could hunt after work or, you know, he could hunt on Sundays when he was back home or something like that. So, like, I was almost like living vicariously through him during the fall when he was, um, you know, he went on a couple bear hunts during the fall back when I was in college. So he was like, I was always like talking to him to be like, see anything tonight? You know, what's, you know, what are things looking like out there for you? Like, you know, all the the kind of normal deer talk, shop talk that you do when it comes to that time of year. So, and then, you know, just the fall itself, right? Like, especially as we got like late October, early November in the season, you, you go out to practice and, you know, the winds got that nice 10, 15 mile an hour breeze, you know, all the leaves are falling. It's crunchy. You're like, I love what I'm doing right now, but if I wasn't doing this, I know exactly where I would be at. Right. 
<laughs> yeah. No, I, I respect that. I mean, I remember there was a couple of times, actually I have a really good story, but we're not going to deviate at all. But um, my buddy, um, what, what, what position did you play in football? I was a running back. You were running back. So my yeah. buddy was a running back and um, he actually played at Western Michigan for a, for his college, you know, term. And he, I was actually in the process of kind of getting him out and shooting his first year. And um, it was a, specifically right during one of those times where we weren't on a break and we're just like, Hey, let's just meet up and we'll go hunting. And, and we had a pretty cool story about a buck that we never ended up recovering, but you know, taken off from college. Cause it just felt right. Like you said, like there's a crisp breeze in the air and uh, we both were like, you know, getting out of practice and like driving to meet up. And, uh, I, I remember that, that hunt, um, very clearly. And you, you asking that question just brought that back around. So yeah, I, I love that though. Yeah. That nostalgia, right. Thinking back on those times. I mean, that's, that's another great thing about hunting that, like I said, we, we won't go down that rabbit hole, although we, I'm sure we certainly could, but yeah, just the, you know, just having a conversation with someone and what that brings up, right. The memories that it sparks that maybe you haven't thought about you know, in, in a couple of years or something, and then all of a sudden it's like, oh yeah, I remember that time that we, you know, bolted from practice and, and got out into the woods for, you know, the golden hour or whatever you want to call it. Yeah. Yeah. So, all right, Nate, enough about that. Let's, uh, let's talk about painted arrow outdoors, your company. Um, as I mentioned before, like I'm, I'm certainly familiar with it, I had a chance to, to kind of get my hands on it, uh, and really see what it was all about, uh, at the tack event, um, over, over the summer. So, Tell me kind of first in, in, in a broad scope, what exactly is Painted Arrow Outdoors? So in a broad scope, uh, Painted Arrow Outdoors, um, we are currently making archery accessory products for compound bows, crossbows, and traditional bows. Um, you might be like, what? Crossbow and traditional bows? Um, we're, <laughs> you don't discriminate. We're coming out. <laughs> Um, yeah, well, no, we don't discriminate, but, um, there's actually a couple of products that are not currently released, but we're, I'm physically dealing with them on a daily basis. We're going to be launching a couple of new SKUs in, um, 23 at the ATA show, but, um, yeah, in a broad sense, not to go too far, we, we make archery products, um, for bow hunters. That's, that's awesome because that shows i mean you as a bow hunting fool as you so aptly put it before <laughs> um you know it's i like products that are made by people who are in it right and yeah i think i like it even more that it's a small business right it's what you and your business partner um devin i believe i i had a chance to to meet him uh over the summer as well and yep you know you when a product is made by guys who are passionate about bow hunting, about the outdoors, you know that they didn't cut corners. You know that the product is something that clearly they have kind of defined this, this hole in the market, right? They've, you, you guys have spent enough time in tree stands. Um, and you're like, Hey, a product like this would be great. And then you guys take that one step further and start to develop it. Tell me about the product that has kind of launched everything for you guys in Painted Arrow. Yeah, so um, so I, I'll just start from the beginning. I won't take too long, but so I started the company kind of more just as a vision, like, you know, graduated college. I'm like, hey, I don't know. I don't know what I want to do forever, but I know it's not working for a corporate company and, you know, realizing that I'm 50 years old and doing the same thing forever just because it was convenient or whatever. So I, I started painting arrow and it didn't really have anything that we were selling. We had a podcast, we had a, you know, we were doing some media, some media things with the hunting, um, the hunting world, you know, just filming our hunts and just right. kind of just scratching the itch more than anything, to be honest with you. But, um, like you said, my, my partner, Devin Cole, um, he's, he's a guy that I went to school with for, you know, in grade school, we've been, we've been friends for a long time and we kind of rekindled our, our love for hunting together after college. He was an athlete as well. And, um, so yeah, we, we, uh, we make a product that's called the mag pro and what it is, it, it allows hunters to use their cell phone to quickly and easily magnetize your phone to your bow to film your hunt. And 
the kind of the product came about in a very cool and interesting way, but it was actually after a very specific hunt. Devin's the, I would, I would give him full credit for kind of the idea. Um, <laughs> but we, we definitely, um, we, you know, we made it a reality together and he and I actually weren't even partnered at the beginning of painted arrow, but it just was the right time and in, in both of our lives to kind of like put our energy towards something and just our friendship and how it was going on. And so he had a hunt and we were using film gear, right? Like everybody's tried to self film. Oh yeah. And it, it's, we, we quickly realized it's just like very, you know, bulky. It's, you know, taking into the woods. It's not the, it's exactly right. Cumbersome. It's, it's loud in some ways. And it just really took away from the hunting experience for us. And we, we really just wanted to get a little bit more Intel going into a blood trail. That's, that, that's kind of where we came out with the, you know, the, the sole purpose of the product. So, um, we, we created this mount that it attaches to your stabilizer and it uses high powered magnets. And, um, it, it basically, you put a plate on the back of your phone and it allows you to quickly, I mean, like within a snap, you can just throw your phone on this, on this mount and you can use your cell phone, which is, I'm willing to bet probably the nicest camera that most people own nowadays. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. To their bow. So it's, it's been, it's been amazing. Honestly, we started selling this product, um, at the beginning, I would say like March last year, okay. this March. Yeah. Still. And it's just completely taken off. And I, um, we, we've done a really good job, I think, you know, bringing it to market and, um, we're patent pending on it, which is awesome. Um, and yeah, it's just really taken off in the last couple of months here. And we're really enjoying just getting people's feedback, um, at the moment. So, yeah, I mean, I think, and this is kind of in general terms of a lot of people, um, you know, with social media in this day and age and wanting to be able to, you know, capture their, their hunts on film, uh, which I think is super cool. And I think if you have, um, the patience to do it, the acceptance that like, if you're, you know, up there with a camera and an arm and all that stuff, and you're really worried about getting the, the hunt on camera, you're going to, you're going to run the risk of possibly blowing your hunt. Right. I mean, that's, I, I'm yeah. sure that anyone who's self filmed for long enough has, has had that happen to them. And with the mag pro, I mean, this thing is, it, you, you did a beautiful job to describe it. Obviously it's, it's your product, but the convenience, like I think of it as, you know, if you hop into your truck or something like that, and everyone nowadays seems to have like some type of cell phone holder, you know, hooked to their, their vents or to their dash to some degree. Some are like, you know, they kind of pinch it in and hold it in place or some are just the magnets. And that's exactly what it is. It's out of the pocket. It's right up on the dash and you don't have to think about it. And that's the same way with the mag pro, right? It's you pull it out. Like, let's say you, you've got it there the whole time, or you have it in your pocket the situation's unfolding that you're like, okay, something's about to go down here. I'm about to let one fly and boom, open the camera, which is super easy, especially like on iPhones, right? It's right on your, your home screen exactly. and just boom, pop it right to your, the, the mag pro and away you go. And what I like about that is with a camera, like let's say at the last second, you're at full draw, that deer takes a few more steps. Well, you're not going to let down, adjust your camera. Like you're just going to say, forget it. Like I'm, I'm going to go after this deer with the mag pro. I mean, everything is right there in frame. It moves with the bow. So you're getting all of this footage without, you know, the, the hassle of, of having to, to adjust a, uh, excuse me, adjust a camera arm or anything like that. Yeah. I mean, the, the, the main thing like for us is recovering game. I, I want to be really clear about that. Like that's, that's why we develop this. It's like, we, we have these phones, right? I mean, there's just very, very high tech devices that we carry around. I mean, it's our Onyx, it's our GPS, it's our safety beacon. If we need to make a quick phone call, like you always have it, you're taking it to the woods with you. You are probably scrolling through social media while you're you know, waiting <laughs> Guilty. for prime time, right? Like everybody does it. I mean, what we're saying is, Hey, for very, you know, for what, three and a half ounces additional, you might as well use this device to help you recover game. You know, if you can just get a little bit and everybody, you know, everybody has a different opinion on everything, but sometimes, um, 
if you can just have the wherewithal to hold your hold your bow up after that shot and just follow that deer and where it goes everybody's been there where you get the jitters you, you call it buck fever you call it whatever but that after the shot is just as important as the shot itself in my opinion because did he go over this log did he skirt this tree did he go through that brush did you know you can take the guesswork completely out of it with very very you know additional effort involved and i it's just uh it's something that we actually we actually used the product before we even came to market with it for like two years Devin and i were running these quote-unquote mag pros at the time that were just you know something that we kind of fiddled with and i know a lot of people have reached out to us and said man we we've been we've rigged gopros and we've tried different ways to mount our phones and you know the the system that you came out with is just it's flawless you know because everybody i think wants that that thing at the end of the day and that's to be able to just relive that quick moment and just get a little bit of intel you know most people aren't trying to create these motion picture films you know to debut on you know the sportsman's channel or you know to have a youtube page it's just joe schmoes you know that just they like to relive that moment and so we we hit it at the right time and it's been incredible feedback and yeah i mean i can i can go on and on about it um the uh one thing i will say this product is is uh very poignant on the price point right we're, we're retailing these for 49.99 you know, we're, we're not, we're not trying to make it rich here. We're, this is a product that's made in the United States, right? We make everything right here in the U S of a in Michigan. And, um, it's, it's run by two guys that, you know, <laughs> we're, we're just as passionate as deer hunters as, is the next guy. And, you know, we, we were really, you know, awesome. Like I said, I'll say it over and over again, but we're just thrilled by the, the feedback that we've gotten and the support that we've gotten from just people in the industry. So it's been, it's been a cool ride from March until now. And we, we've just, we've kind of blown up in a, in a few different ways. So it's been, it's been a blessing, man. No, well, that's, that's awesome. I mean, congratulations on that because you know what, as I've gotten older in life and you know, you meet people that have businesses or, you know, you just meet people that have common interests uh, and things like that. And, you want to see them succeed. So when I, when I meet good people and they have, you know, whether it's, you know, a cool podcast, uh, you know, a cool product, whatever the case is, um, I like seeing people succeed. Right. And because they've that, that entrepreneurial spirit that, that people have. And to me, it seems like, or maybe I'm just paying attention more that you see it more and more nowadays where people are willing to kind of bet on themselves, um, with an idea that they have knowing that likely if, if they've run into um, a situation where something like the Mag Pro would be beneficial, um, they're going out there and they're, they're they're doing the work and they're creating a product to to try to fill a hole that is potentially out there. And what you mentioned and kind of what you really specified and clarified there, <clears throat> excuse me, for recovering using it to to really um, help recover you know your game. I mean, that kind of goes all the way back to being an ethical hunter, you know, wanting to make sure that you're not, um, if you do make a bad hit, that you're doing all that you can, you have all the intel uh, necessary to help recover that animal. Because that's the last thing we as hunters want to see is is an animal go to waste because we, uh, <coughs> excuse me, sorry, fighting a cold here, uh, that we didn't do everything that we could to to really recover the animal. Yeah. Yeah, no, I mean, you're, you're spot on and, you know, people do, you know, we're not, we're not claiming that this replaces like a high-end camera on a nice swivel arm. We're not, we're not claiming that by any means. Um, we, it's, it's actually very interesting that <laughs> at that Michigan tech event, we had, um, a couple of guys, I mean, at, at every event we've ever been to and just talking with people, you know, they're like, Oh, we, we already film our hunts. Like it's not a big deal. Well, um, well, it's actually really awesome if you put the the phone on the mount and you turn the camera around to face you. You get, in my opinion, I I haven't seen any footage from another product on the market that allows you to get this shot angle and how clear it is and crisp it is. If you turn that camera angle to face your face, I mean, you're getting a really close, re, you know, up and close personal reaction shot of your, your reaction to your, you know, arrow that you released. 
and it's been something that the guys that I mean, you know, they're already using, like I said, the full camera arm, and they're 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 doing the self filming, and they're really in the woods to create some type of production. Like this is an additional angle, and I just it's a really cool tool. At the end of the day, it's a very cool tool. Yeah, absolutely. So what did the development process look like for you guys? Was it a lot of, um, you know, different prototypes or different iterations or, <clears throat> excuse me, was the kind of the first or maybe, you know, the first idea that you guys had or the first prototype, was it, was there not a lot of changes um, from that? Because it's like you said, it's, it's a very simple device, right? Yeah. So the actual first ever prototype was made with, it was actually just after a hunt, a missed deer, um, Devin had had a buck come in and he had that, like, God, if I could have just seen what happened, you know, like if I could have just done, I would have probably went about the blood trail process just a little bit differently. And, uh, I know <laughs> that that specific deer and that specific hunt really, I mean, he remembers it so well. And, um, he actually went in the house and, um, we were, we were talking and, um, we took a couple of L brackets off of a curtain rod holder in the living room and we kind of fastened them together with some wing nuts. And that was like the first ever prototype that we, we made and we found a magnet and just kind of was playing with it. We still have it today. And um, we then kind of progressed to like different types of metals. You know, we tried stainless steel, we tried aluminum, we tried, um, you know, carbon steel, we tried a bunch of different things and we, for the next year, just kind of played with it. Um, and we kind of, honed it in honed it in and then we uh you know you know year two of kind of really both of us having a product that we didn't really know what it was at, at the time but people kept asking us like hey what is that what is that thing on your bow like what is that and Devin and I were like man we should probably try and sell this thing like we're, we're getting a lot of uh you know like people asking about it so we we kind of brought it to market and um we we do everything ourselves we are the manufacturer we we do, we, we cut these things on on a laser and, and then we, um, we, we bend them and then we get them powder coated and then we do the packaging. So, I mean, we're, we're touching every single one of these things that is going out the door and it's, it's definitely, um, we're, we're, we're starting to hire people, which is exciting and, um, we're growing and we're, we're making, uh, key decisions to help us on, on our trajectory upward. So, that that's kind of the the progression really it's it's funny I, I i tell you this but it hasn't been all that long you know we've only been selling uh the mag pro for like i said since march but we we've always talked about this and i don't know if you have any questions coming further that might i might be stealing your thunder but we i'll just talk about this anyway we're we've always we've never wanted to be known as like the mag pro guy like we didn't we didn't want to make a product and like you know that was that was the only thing that we had so it's been a big thing that we we create a product, the MagPro, under the brand name Painted Arrow, and we're we're planning on scaling this company. We are scaling this company, and we have a couple of different products out right now. Um, one's the MagPro Plus, so that it's the very similar mount, but it uses a different, larger magnet uh, profile, and it has double the amount of magnets, rare earth magnets, inside the housing. So we really designed that for the guys and gals who have maybe like a really big phone, you know, like some of these notes or, you know, the max iPhones, they're, right. they're just bigger and they require a little bit extra hold. And then on the, on the second hand, um, for the guys who maybe shoot a bow that just experiences a lot more vibration guys who shoot 90 pounds or 80 pounds, you know, you know, Cam Haynes is kind of the guy that I would probably give credit for, you know, <laughs> making that a trend almost yeah, like right. I shoot a, 60 pound bow you know i don't i don't shoot anything crazy but some of these bows you know there's so many different manufacturers so um that that's kind of why we made the mag pro plus and that is a slightly more expensive product that weighs like four ounces versus like 3.5 but it's a very similar product um and then i'll give you a little tease um i i, I think i mean just living in michigan in michigan you can hunt the prime rut with a crossbow yeah. And I can't speak on behalf of every other state out there, but by far, I mean, since March, the number one question that we have received is, do you have one for a crossbow? And we're going to be releasing in 2023 um, a pretty amazing product for people who use crossbows. I'm, I'm not 
a crossbow user myself. Um, we actually had to go buy one to <laughs> kind of do some of our prototyping Yeah. on this mount. Um, it's going to be called the MagPro X, as in MagPro crossbow. Right, right. And, um, I mean, I'm, when I tell you it's, it's elite, it's, it's super elite. Um, my dad shot a turkey. He shot at it. He didn't actually hit it, but... <laughs> He shot at a turkey this this spring uh, on a hunt. We were using a crossbow and one of our prototypes, and I mean, the video quality is amazing. I mean, it's it's amazing what we were able to capture with this product. So we're really really excited for that product specifically, and um, we're going to be partnering. I'm not partnering. We're going to be pairing um, that product with um, some scope rings that we're going to be coming out with, so that it's compatible over all crossbows. So oh, right we're on. super, super excited for that. So that's what I'll say about that. No, that's awesome. Especially because, you know, making accessories, um, and there's obviously when it comes to, to archery, there's, you know, three, you know, there's the traditional, there's the compound, and then there's the crossbow. And it seems, um, especially in recent years, you know, using a crossbow has certainly become uh, a more uh, popular option um, especially because the the one the barrier to entry is is much lower. It's much easier to pull a crossbow out of the box and within you know twenty minutes. I mean, you can have a real nice group for you know forty, fifty, sixty yards, depending upon the actual crossbow itself. And that's just not the case with a compound or you know a recurve, traditional, whatever. I mean, you've got to really practice and, and spend your time. Um, to hone that. So that's, that's great that you're coming out with, um, an option with a, with a product that will, uh, satisfy that market as well. Yeah, for sure. And then I did mention at the beginning, a traditional bow, um, setup. We are working on one for that right now. I do, I do a little bit of traditional. Um, I have a recurve. I honestly haven't taken an animal with it, but I've had it for a couple of years now and I just really enjoy like shooting it in the yard, you know, like when you're maybe struggling with your, your compound and sometimes just like shooting that when I'm struggling, I can shoot that a handful of times and then I can, um, jump back on the, on the compound and it feels like you're shooting a high powered rifle, you know? <laughs> so, um, that, that's really exciting too. That it's, it's amazing what we've been able to accomplish in, a, in just a short amount of time. And in, in my opinion, for, the, the number of products that we're going to be releasing in, in January at the ATA show. And we're, we're pretty excited for it. So I, I would tell people to uh, keep an eye on us for sure. Yeah, no, that's awesome. So <clears throat> kind of keeping with the, uh, the hunting, the archery theme that we've had throughout here, um, as we talked about earlier, I mean, the season opens in four days from, from now, but by the time people are listening, um, the season or the, the opening weekend will have already have already passed, but what is your, your 2022, season look like i mean are you setting a lot of goals for yourself or are you a hunter that more just kind of goes with the flow and you know kind of sees where the season takes you so this is an all year round thing for me um i i have the privilege of living um on a piece of property where i hunt and that's been different in years past for me that's never that's never been the case and i've really enjoyed like learning about deer and I've, I've been talking a lot about like my trajectory as a hunter. I don't view myself as, you know, like I don't, I'm not a veteran in any, you know, in any way, shape or form. I, I view myself as still very much in the learning stages of understanding how to, how to hunt mature deer effectively. Um, so that being said, I mean, I, I'm running cameras all year round and some people might think that it's just so stupid, but um, I, I, I just like to understand deer movement and, you, you can read a lot, you can listen to podcasts, you know, you, you can consume content about deer hunting all year round, but I, I just really like to, uh, you know, I like to like be in it, you know, feel like I'm in it. And like I told you at the beginning, like I view this as like a, like, like this is a season, right? This is like a basketball season for me. Like this is, this is all in, I, I view it that way. And I prepare like that. That being said, um, I know a lot of the deer, around my property. Um, I, I don't have any quote unquote target bucks. Um, this year, I, I definitely have a couple that I'd be interested in taking and, um, going, going into October, 
I'm really waiting for that, you know, really good cold front to, to really, you know, kick off, kick off the year for me. I'm not necessarily just going to run in the woods at the, you know, just because it's October 1st, but, um, I don't have great sets for all wins at the moment. So I'm, I'm really going to be choosy on that. Um, I did draw a tag this year for Utah mule deer. So I will be going October 12th through the 16th for a general season tag mule deer hunt that I'm pretty excited about. Yeah, that's a good um, way to, sorry to interrupt, but that's a good way to break up kind of that October lull that, that people tend to talk about too is, is getting out of state and chasing something different. Oh, yeah. I mean, and that's exactly why I scheduled, I scheduled that specific hunt because I it's hard for me to not go out hunting even when the conditions are completely wrong or, you know, just not right. So um, I'm really excited for that. And then, um, like I said at the beginning, I, I do have an Ohio tag. And I, I do... I, I, I go down to Ohio quite a bit, to be honest, and uh, I, I really enjoy that. I love the run and gun style. You know, I, I don't just hunt private land. You know, I, I think it's important to to keep your uh, your experiences broad so that you're you're well shaped. And if you, like you said at the beginning, if you're doing the same things. I've been I've been that guy where you get in the habit of you know going to the same sets and. It doesn't matter what what the wind's doing or you know what the conditions are telling you. You you just you're going to the same place or the same spots over and over and over again, and the deer start to pattern you at that point. Yeah. <laughs> so, yeah. Um. So yeah, th- this October, um, I'm I'm really excited. We had a cold front on the 23rd, 22nd, 23rd, just last week or the beginning of this week, and. I don't know about you, but I had a ton of deer movement. I had a lot of cameras kind of telling me where the deer were and how they were moving. And, um, I'm, I'm, I'm as geeked as they, as they come. I'm super excited, man. I, I can't tell you how excited I am. Yeah. Well, no, I can hear it in your voice and that's, <clears throat> that's a good thing. It gets me fired up too for this weekend. What, uh, I mean for, you know, your first sit, you know, and obviously the wind may still you know, switch up on us over the next couple of days here, but do you have any kind of expectations or are you just excited to get back in the tree here in Michigan on your, you know, presumably on your property there? Yeah. So last year, it's actually an absolutely crazy story. There's a YouTube video. If you search, what is it? Um, I named a buck, the Holy spirit buck. So if you, if you go on YouTube and search the Holy spirit, Michigan buck, you can watch this whole thing, but Basically, last year, I, I shot the best year of my life in Michigan. He was a giant 6x5. Um, he was like a 165-inch deer. Absolutely amazing deer. And um, this 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 buck really taught me a lot about the property. Um, last year was the first time that I had hunted the property. And I do have uh, – I'm waiting on a south wind. There's a specific spot on my on my property that it lays out really well. Um, for like a, you know, late October, you know, first type of cold front, um, really great social scrape. And the funnel is just, it's dynamite. And I'm really waiting like that. I'm, I'm excited for that stand. But um, last year, you know, I, I, I killed that deer on October 1st at first light. Oh, wow. Last year. In the morning too. All and right. it was, yeah, on the morning against all all the grain of what you hear people say in October, like most people are saying, I'm not going out in October and till it's, you know, first cold front or third week or whatever, or maybe or only the evenings. Date. Yeah, exactly. And this, you know, maybe that was me being a little bit immature in in my uh, <laughs> choosings, but I specifically wanted a South or Southeast wind for this spot. And I remember it was the night before, um, last year was the night before the opener and I was in Ohio on a saddle and I remember looking at the weather report and it looked like we were getting a Southeast wind. And I'm like, by golly, I'm, I'm going in the woods tomorrow morning, you know? And, and, um, yeah, that was a crazy hunt. So all this to say like this year, I learned a lot about that area last year, just hunting that specific deer and then hunts following it. So, um, I, I, you know, that, that would be my honey hole. People call it a honey hole. Yeah. Oh yeah. <laughs> that that's that's a that's a spot i'm really excited for but um you know being a new property owner i've learned a lot of different things and i still feel like i don't know hardly anything about the property um this will be the first year me hunting with this specific crop rotation in the area okay and 
you know, the summer photos that I got um, this year, I mean, they go completely 360, 180 from what I got last year. So last year I was getting, you know, July and August, you know, buck photos and velvet that were just out of this world. And this year I got very, very few. And I'm, I'm not freaking out when I say that, but I'm just noting a lot of the main differences year over year. So this year is going to be a huge learning curve for me specifically um, on, on my specific property that I'm, I'm referring to in Michigan. So I, I'm, I love, I mean, I consider a successful hunt, any hunt that you can just sit up in the woods and view deer and they don't know you're there. You know what I mean? Like, absolutely. That is a super successful hunt to me. Like if you can get in and get out and you just learn about your property and how we're, how deer are using the, the property that you're hunting. I mean, I can't wait for that. <laughs> yeah, no, that's, I can't wait for that right there. So always gaining um, Intel, always gaining Intel. Yeah. Yeah, for sure, man. All right, Nate, before I let you get out of here, man, last question, where can people find, uh, the mag pro painted arrow outdoors, painted arrows working, you know, where are the good places to, uh, to either grab one, um, check it out in person, where can, where can they find those? Yeah. So we have a, we have a dealer. If you want to get your hands on it, feel it. Um, we have a dealer locator on our website. Our website is uh, painted arrow outdoors with an S.com. Um, you can buy them there. Uh, we have, we have inventory right now. We have a lot of different Michigan based companies that are carrying it, but there are also, you know, places like, um, you know, Washington, we have some, some dealers that they're, they're kind of sprinkled throughout. So um, even in Canada and Australia, we actually have a lot of folks in, in those two countries that love the MagPro. So um, check out the website, paintedarrowoutdoors.com. And then we also do, we do a lot of uh, communicating through our podcast and through Instagram. Um, and if you just search Painted Arrow, um, either of those, you'll, you'll find our, our accounts and feel free to message us. And if you have any questions, we'd be more than happy to talk with you. So um yeah, we have our phone number is also on our website. If you guys want to shoot a text, we're pretty hip in that way where you can <laughs> you can text our customer service number. So, uh, yeah, you should get a MagPro. It's good. It's good for you and good for your health. Yeah, there you go. I love it. Well, Nate, I really appreciate you uh, taking some time today. Um, it was certainly enjoyable to to learn more of of the backstory of you know your journey um, and Painted Arrow and you know the MagPro and and all the stuff that you guys have to come in twenty twenty three. You know. I, I wish you nothing but success, uh, not only with the company, but uh, also this coming season, man, and, and look forward to getting you on here again in the future. Yeah, I really appreciate it. You're a great interviewer and um, appreciate the, the time to, uh, to get on here and talk. So thank you very much. Yeah, absolutely. All right, Nate, take care of yourself, man. All righty. We'll talk to you. Yep. All right. Well, thank you again to Nate for joining me on the podcast today and uh, telling us more about Painted Air Outdoors, the Mag Pro, and... Uh, everything about uh, his journey. Uh, stay tuned next week, guys. Well, I'll be doing a bit of a recap uh, for my opening weekend uh, of archery season here. Um, kind of recap with my hunting buddy, Mike Zundell. And uh, yeah, just kind of a little BS session um, about what we saw this weekend, what uh, our hopes are for the season and uh, all that good stuff. So all right, Michigan, stay wild. <laughs>